The federal government's energy market intervention is facing another hurdle with the Greens and the coalition opposing aspects. Politicians are being recalled to Canberra on Thursday to pass legislation to help restrain soaring power prices. The bill will propose a $12 a gigajoule cap on wholesale gas prices for one year, as well as $1.5 billion in household relief for concession card holders. States and territories will match that and take responsibility for implementing a $125 a tonne cap on coal for 12 months. Our political producer, Nicole Hegarty, joins us now from Parliament House to talk through the detail of which there is much. Nicole, how has this long-awaited package been received? Because I guess it's been now 72 hours, really, that all the stakeholders have been able to get their heads around it. Mm. And joining you from a rather dreary, overcast Canberra this <laughs> evening, or it's now starting to clear, and that's exactly what the government will be hoping for, a similar clearing of its path for securing passage of this legislation. Now, there's been a very mixed response or reaction to the plan, with concern from both the gas and coal sectors, as well as from politicians. APIA, the peak oil and gas lobby, is demanding an emergency meeting with the Prime Minister. He said he's willing to meet. They say the intervention will harm investment and they're also concerned over this clause to do with a reasonable pricing provision for gas. The government says that's not part of this initial legislation, but they're still concerned. Uh, And it's also been described variously as a declaration of war, overreach and draconian, as well as this from the opposition shadow energy minister, Ted O'Brien, speaking on Sky earlier today. It is a monster in the making because not only will it fail in the short term, but it is going to have a disastrous effect on the industry over the longer term because it kills supply. And um, I doubt very much my colleagues are going to stand by and have the Australian economy ruined by a government that cannot explain this package, has not modelled this package and has no implementation plan for this package. So, Nicole, what about the Greens? What's their key sticking points? Well, the main one here is the potential for compensation for coal companies. Now, that comes into play. There's still limited detail around this as well, but it comes into play where the price of producing uh, electricity from coal is higher than what it would be sold for under this cap, the cap for coal being $125 rather a tonne. Mm. Uh, that's for 12 months. So the limited detail around this is causing concern as well as the potential in an environment where power prices are increasing and that that's largely as a result of international factors, the main one being the war in Russia and Ukraine rather. Mm. Mm. Uh, but they're, they're saying that there's a potential here for money to more money, more compensation to go to people who are already as uh, uh, various ministers, including industry minister Ed Husick, have described as war profiteering. Mm. Uh, the Greens reference to that compensation also um, is linked to a Sydney Morning Herald piece over the weekend citing a federal government official who says that the total Commonwealth contribution could be just over $2 billion when including compensation for coal producers. The detail again here is limited and yet to be finalised, but that money will go to compensating mostly New South Wales uh, coal uh, producers and coal-powered 
stations, um, as well as some in Queensland, the main one being in Gladstone. Mm. The Prime Minister uh, has confirmed that compensation is on the table for the instances like I mentioned before, but it's not in this bill to be considered by Parliament. And irrespective of that, uh, the Greens hold those serious concerns. They do back the support for lower income earners and those on various forms of Commonwealth support. But this is what uh, Greens leader Adam Bant had to say a little earlier. At at a moment where people are doing it tough, why should the public be asked to put its hand in its pocket to give money to coal corporations who have been making record profits, including off the back of a dictator's invasion of the Ukraine? These guys should be paying a windfall tax. Now, Nicole, we know that the crossfence has been critical to getting this deal uh, as far as it's come so far. And we know that there is some support from the crossbench. Who is publicly backing the package? Well, we've seen this, uh, the fact that the crossbench is critical uh, over the past six months with the, the new setup of the Senate. And again, that is the case. This time round, Jackie Lambie and fellow Lambie Network Senator Tammy Tyrrell, both from uh, Tasmania, are both in favour. Uh, Senator Jackie Lambie saying that on the face of it, the bill will give relief to those who need it uh, and that people, she knows people need rebates to help them out. So it will be coming as welcome news to help cover other costs. Mm. Uh, but she's not. she says she's not going to stand, stand in the way of letting people get the help they need, although she is concerned that there's limited opportunity for consultation because that process for this bill doesn't finish until the start of February next year, but they want to pass that legislation this Thursday. Uh, So there's, there's some concerns there, whereas Senator Tammy Tyrrell says again that she is very pleased to see rebates in place and that they're going to help a lot of people. Uh, But she's also uh, saying that there's some concern around the, the timelines imposed on this. Okay, on RN Drive, Nicole Hegarty is here talking about the challenges facing the government as Parliament is recalled to pass its legislation on energy. Now out of COVID isolation, Nicole, what's the Prime Minister said in response? The Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, says he's confident that this package will pass on Thursday when Parliament is reconvened ahead of Christmas. He's confident that the numbers are there. There'll be no issue with getting it through the lower house. Uh, the, The question is the numbers in the Senate. But he says he's not worried about that because he's questioned who would oppose a measure that would provide support to the most vulnerable. This is what he's had to say. I am very confident that Uh, when faced with, do you want a price cap on gas? Uh, A majority of the House and the Senate will say yes. And when asked, do you want relief to reduce people's energy bills, they'll say yes as well. And just finally, Nicole, on to a a different issue. Some pretty big changes are coming in the way uh, we approach COVID in 2023, moving away from this COVID exceptionalism. What is this really shorthand for? Well, that's right. It's part of this has all come about as a result of the government's release of its 2023 COVID management plan, uh, with the chief medical officer predicting several waves over the next two or so years. So no sign of an end to COVID. And that's what we've all become familiar with hearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, In regards to the detail around this uh, today, there's two main takeaways, I guess you could put it, as uh, access to free PCR tests will require 
require referrals and there's no longer going to be a requirement for people considered to be at low risk or having low risk factors to go and get a PCR test after uh, using a rat and receiving a positive result. So no longer a requirement for them to go and get a PCR test and in order to access a free Medicare rebate, for uh, the PCR test, you're going to have to go and get a doctor's appointment and a referral uh, to go to a pathologist to have that done. The second element is uh, the the change in terms of numbers of Uh, supported psychological Mm. appointments. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So for psychologists uh, from February, August rather, in August 2020, uh, that number, it was 10 and it got increased to 20 responding to uh, the height of the pandemic and that demand for services, particularly at that stage over Mm. the phone um, or over video. Uh, Before that, it was 10, as I said, it went up to 20. It's been 20, but from January the 1st next year, it will revert to 10. There has been studies into this, uh, the effectiveness of it, whether it worked or didn't. There's uh, some conflicting interpretations of that report, uh, with some details suggesting that uh, it it actually was more beneficial to those on high incomes rather than the those at the lower or middle income where mm. it was targeted. But other evaluation as part of this report supporting the, the 20 rather than the 10. Uh, so this is something that's receiving quite a lot of support, particularly when you consider that it's now been two, three years of the pandemic and mm. that cumulative effect of people, whether they had pre-existing mental health concerns or conditions mm. or not, the, the cumulative effect of uh, three years of various um, Challenging pressures. circumstances, exactly. to That's say the right. least. Yeah. And we'll be speaking with Professor Jane Fisher from Monash University in more depth about this a little bit later. But Nicole Hegarty, Drive's very own political producer, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.